0: The market analysis segment is coming your way in seconds. I'm John Torpy, producer at Market to Market. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. This is the Friday, February 11, 2022 version of the market analysis segment from Market to Market. The USDA report pegged South America's crop as smaller than earlier predicted, and the market reaction was neutral. For the week, the nearby wheat contract added 37 cents, while March corn jumped 31 cents, Thursday's trade range for soybeans was dramatic, touching highs before a big reversal. Following Conab's Brazilian bean production estimate, the March soybean contract gained 30 cents. March meal strengthened 12.70 per ton. March cotton shrank by $1.46 per hundredweight. Over in the dairy parlor, March class three milk futures expanded 99 cents. A mixed week in the livestock sector, April cattle declined 70 cents. March feeders put on 13 cents, and the April lean hog contract moved 2.15 higher. In the currency markets, U.S. dollar index added 60 ticks. March crude oil advanced by $1. eight per barrel. COMEX Gold rose by $56 per ounce. And the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index bumped up almost four points to finish at 648.60. Joining us now to provide some insight is Dan Huber. And, Dan, you come in at a time when, uh, I'd say at 11 o'clock Friday morning, I was all ready to say, let's start with soybeans. Sure, sure. But then there's a report of Russia is going to invade Ukraine. Right. The market all Mm. of a sudden takes off back up. Which was going to be a pretty flat day. Mm-hmm. We start with wheat because that initially was going to be the big reactionary commodity right. if an invasion happens. Is that still accurate information that that's the market to face the biggest impact?
1: Well, it, uh, it, it, for the day, certainly. You know, you know, and again, uncertainty just breeds uh, you know, people taking risk off. You know, people who are end users who need product will tend to cover themselves in, uh, in, fe- in fear of something of that nature. You know, I, I, again, let's hope it doesn't happen next week. But on the same token, I think if it does, you know, we're not going to see necessarily that big of a market reaction. So you, you go back eight years ago when the uh, similar thing happened, when uh, Russia went into Crimea, markets panicked. You know, we had a lot of uncertainty. What's it going to, is it going to disrupt exports? And, you know, within a day or two, we'd pretty well settle down even after the invasion. So...
0: Uh, prior to Friday, there was a report that Russia is poised to make billions and billions of
1: dollars on crude oil on all of this oh, run-up. Oh, certainly. This has already been, a, uh, I think, the, uh, the, the official Russian uh, energy agency posted record profits here this last year. So, it, uh, I mean, absolutely, this is, uh, has been a real boon for them. And, and realistically, had we not seen this kind of inflationary push in the commodities in the last year, they might not have had the wherewithal to really even stage such, a, uh, such an event. So.
0: Let's uh, finish up wheat and kind of put a bow on it sure. and actually talk about it because sure. we're talking about all these geopolitical right, right. things going on with it. Mm. What are you doing right now in this,
1: uh, if I've got wheat still hanging around? You know, I mean, you, when you look at the wheat market, really for the last eight weeks now, we've really gone nowhere. I mean, it's just a back and forth market, kind of gets tugged around with what happens with the uh, the corn and beans, where the big story, of course, has been driven by South America. Uh, you know, I, I tend to still look at where wheat is. I mean, when you're hovering around the $8 mark, by no means is should that be considered a... Uh, a, a, a poor price to take. I still think you you sell into this market both old and new if you have the old and, and do some pricing on the new. The fundamentals on wheat, they changed dramatically in the last year but they've really kind of stagnated. In fact the uh, the uh, reports out this week if anything were a little bit higher on world carryout than was expected. South uh, Australia looks pretty good at this point so I mean you are not really looking at any real major trouble spots. Other than some uh, possible winter kill in the winter wheat, so, or in the U.S. wheat. So uh, I, I think you still take advantage of the prices where they're at right now. We are
0: talking weather when it comes to corn, mm-hmm. uh, South America crop, sure, like sure. USDA, as we mentioned, lowering the estimate. What's that doing to corn specifically? Yes. In South America, the oh, South all, American oh, weather.
1: You, you know, and again, the, nobody has really uh, done dramatic reductions in the South American crops yet. You know, the Brazilian beans are coming out, uh, the, uh, the early beans are coming out at a pretty rapid pace. Yes, the yields are, are not necessarily what people would have desired or expected initially, but that also means that the second corn crop is getting into the ground pretty readily. The weather in southern Brazil is still a little bit iffy, at least for the next 10 days. But beyond that, at least the weather forecast I've read say that that starts to clear up again. So, I mean, they really could come back with a fairly decent second crop. And even in Argentina, you know, the crop is pretty well planted down there at this point uh but in the major growing regions not necessarily as uh, adversely impacted as maybe the markets uh we, and a hole would make us think at this point in time. So,
0: what are we doing here on the new crop side for corn?
1: You know, similar thing. You're pushing the six dollar area. You know, I think that uh, when we look historically, yes, we know corn uh, nearby corn is more in in the six fifty range. But at six dollar corn, traditionally, that is an exceptional price level. And really, this is really the only second time in history we've been in this range. Uh, granted, we know inputs are have escalated pretty dramatically. But here again, I think at, at six dollars, you you need to be start looking at what kind of what kind of return am I looking at my operation? How do I lock this in most effectively, including your input cost? If you're making money, you know, I think you just need to sell into it. And uh, it, it, when you get in emotional markets like this, I mean, no one realistically knows, one, how big the damages are in South America. Uh, and and two, just how, how high is high? Have we really factored it in already? Uh, the, the action this week would probably say, no, we're still in that process of trying to adjust to those lower crops. But that said, you know, nobody knows how to pick the high. You, know, you have to look at your profitability and make your decisions based on that.
0: Well, let's take Glenn in Ohio's sure. question right mm-hmm. now because it's related to both corn and for sure what we're going to get into soybeans. Sure. Glenn wrote us via Twitter and this is what he says, it's, if we take into consideration the current rate of inflation in our economy, mm-hmm. factor in the foreign countries and exchange rates that we compete against, how far out into the future should a producer hedge his costs and sales to offset the potential downside risk?
1: The I really, you know, of course, 2022 is, is a slam dunk. I think you, uh, you, you, you can pretty well lock in whatever your costs are for 2022. Uh, you, know what is, you know what, granted, you don't know exactly what your profitability uh, would be as far as yield wise. Crop insurance is going to lay a pretty good foundation there. I, I don't see any reason not to be a relatively aggressive market there. Uh, looking out to twenty twenty three I, I think you start dabbling there you know it, it, inflation is you know is an unknown granted we can 't say anymore that it 's transitory i mean the fed said we we we, uh, we can 't use that word anymore and it and it hasn 't been. it 's hung on much longer than anybody anticipated but really, when you look at some of the elements that have been pushing inflation higher uh, such as used car prices you know yeah. it's it 's probably not uh as directive an impact as we'd like to see when we see the headline 7.5% inflation, but we know the Fed is ready to act and may act even more aggressively than we might anticipate with some of the rate hikes. We're almost certainly going to see a rate hike next week or next month. And, you know, keep in mind that, you know, once you start seeing rate hikes, you know, what does that do to the dollar? Well, it tends to make the dollar go higher. Going to make us a little less competitive on the world market, so uh, you know it it can be a a negative impact.
0: And things can disappear quickly. Let's take a look at Thursday's bean market Mm -hmm. as an example. So, if you are watching what happened on Thursday, you take a lunch, come back. How
1: am I protecting myself
0: when I'm way into the sixteens? Oh,
1: exactly. Yeah. The other the other aspect there is, you know, markets never ever find a peak. Because the news turned bearish, it happens just because we have uh, basically adjusted for whatever the f- supply-demand fundamentals are out there. We have uh, basically over overcompensated for where they should be, and they turned down on their own weight. Not because they're it, it, the news is almost always going to be the most bullish when you find a peak in the market. And you know, I don't, I haven't found anybody yet over the last 45 years I've been in the business that can accurately tell tell us exactly where that's going to be. Only one person hits the top, right? Usually, only uh, one hits the the top. Well, that's the one who's liquidating. Right. Yeah, getting squeezed out of a short, so, yeah. All right, uh, Mm -hmm.
0: we have to finish beans and plus, but I need to get to the meats uh, because they are still being, uh, dealing with their own things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Feed costs, uh, live cattle
1: You know the processing. What do you see happening in that market? You know, and of course, we've had a pretty explosive rally in both cattle and hogs as of late. You know, this is really the the highest we've seen uh, April cattle in uh, in several. You know, in fact, over on spot cattle, we haven't really had spot cattle above one forty two for years. So we've actually taken that level out. I don't think it's necessarily unrealistic to see things move up towards the one fifty range. In the in the hog market, you know, here an explosive rally in the in the hogs over the last four to five weeks, you know, pushing 107. Interestingly enough, if we look back historically, and the last time we had April hogs above 147, we pushed all the way to 120. Now, I'm not saying that has to happen again, but I think part of it is part of its demand, part of its inflationary, part of it is is compensating for the increased uh, increased input costs that we have to deal with at this point. So,
0: yeah, I think hogs that's at least seven dollars uh, here in the last two weeks oh, yes. that we've, oh, yes. we've moved, and if we're going to one twenty, that's eighteen dollars to go. That's a heck of a run. You so, know. if I'm a hog producer, am I expanding right now if I
1: can? Well, you know, I, I don't know if I would uh, base my decision on what's happening today. You know, and again, we have right. to look and long takes term. A so it, uh, but but it I think if it works in your cash flow and you have the uh, the wherewithal and you don't have the neighbors that are opposing you, it's uh, why not? I think the I think the demand for meats is going to remain pretty solid as we move what. forward. So what about in the feeder cattle market? If I had that opportunity to go to the sale barn tomorrow and make a purchase? I, uh, you, know, I, you know, my outlook on the fats into this year, I think, is still pretty strong. So I, I think, yes, if you uh, have an opportunity to uh, have some more cattle out there, then certainly you know, there's going to be a market for them.
0: All right, uh, as we wrap up in the final seconds here, Cotton, uh, is this still a little bit of a sell-off this week, but we're still in incredible territory. Have they bought all their acres?
1: Well, I don't think they bought the acres. I think that is the thing. We've got probably another 60 days before we uh, really have determined who's going to win the battle for acres this spring. So uh, I, Cotton's been acting a little bit sluggish, particularly in the last two weeks here, but, but that said, I, it's, it's difficult to imagine that we're going to really get much pressure here, at least until we have a better handle on what the acreage battle is. And, and do you cite as uh, is this a weather or a trade issue right now that's been running cotton? Well, oh, I, I think it's uh, uh, well. I mean, to, to the rally to this yeah. point. Oh, I think it's been trade. I, yeah. I think the, okay. the demand's been solid enough. But it's but now it's it's a question mark. Can we can we keep the acreage up there? And I think a lot of people to the south would, would tend to want to stay with cotton if they could over okay. soybeans. But yeah,
0: we'll uh, continue your thought process. We'll get back to soybeans, and I got a couple other questions that I think uh, you're going to enjoy. Thanks, okay. Dan. Very good. That will do it for this installment of Market to Market. We will talk more on Market Plus with Mr. Dan Huber, so you can join us there. Find that on our website of markettomarket.org. And a little secret of the show, what you just heard is our market analysis and is available in podcast form. And so will the extra session that's not on TV, our Market Plus. And Tuesday's conversation around topics that we cover is on the program we call MTOM. Follow all three today to stay in the know. Next week, the push to end famine. Thank you for watching. Have a great week.